podcast is brought to you by the Deluxe Edition Network. To find more great shows on our network, head over to the den.show. Hello, everyone, and welcome into the podcast. I'm your host, Rob, and this is a 2021 sports recap. Basically, I just want to kind of go over some of the top stories of what happened this past year in the world of sports. Some of them I may kind of get a little bit more into. Some of them I may just touch on briefly just to kind of tell you, hey, here's what happened. But it's more so what I thought were some of the bigger stories, some of the bigger things that happened in this past year of 2021. We are five days into 2022, and I look forward to seeing what 2022 has to offer for sports. So without further ado, let's get into this. Oh, by the way, these are not in any chronological order. I mean, they kind of are, but I feel like I'm not 100% accurate with them, so please don't criticize me for that. I'm sorry. I tried. All right. Starting off, guys, we're talking about Bama winning their third championship in the past seven seasons. The seven seasons that the college football playoff has been around. Bama wins it again over Ohio State. And all those players from that Bama team are doing phenomenal in the NFL right now. Mac Jones has got the Patriots sitting pretty, and they're playoff bound. Heisman winner Devontae Smith, it's on the Eagles. They are playoff bound. He's having a good season. Najee Harris, Steelers, fighting for a playoff spot, but Najee Harris doing very well for the Steelers right now. So all three of those guys are doing amazing, as most Alabama players do. And what a shock, Alabama in one week plays in another national championship game. They're playing against Georgia in an SEC championship rematch. So, I don't know, for everyone who's, you know, upset about hearing about Bama, it it's going to keep happening. I'm sorry. They're going to be around for a while. They've got great coaching. They've got great recruiting. They're going to be a top-name team for quite some time. I think. Because I feel like people said the same thing about Clemson. And Clemson was not very good this year. Hmm. We'll see what happens. Speaking of something else that everyone's tired of hearing about, Tom Brady won his seventh Super Bowl this past year, basically there was a the big Brady leaves New England, you know, can he win without Belichick or, you know, can Belichick win without Brady? And, uh, well, turns out Brady can win without Belichick as he wins Super Bowl number seven and cements his legacy as potential GOAT status, which, uh, touching on that real fast, I'll have to do a separate episode about GOAT. I have, like, a an interesting way of looking at GOAT, and it's hard for me to sit there and say that someone is the GOAT in a team sport. You know, because you're not leading in every statistical category. There's always somebody who's better. And like Michael Jordan and LeBron James, it's like, well, he's got more rings than LeBron. Okay, well, someone else has more rings than him. Someone else has more points than him. There's all these different things. And it's like, what are you basing that GOAT status off of? Now, Tom Brady is the closest we got to that because he leads pretty much in every statistical category, you know, offensively that you can do. You know, for a quarterback, aside from like receiving yards or running, rushing yards. So I guess technically you could use those two. But also just the fact that it's a team effort and he has the most touchdowns all time. But in order to have those touchdowns, the receiver has to make that catch. So you're relying on someone else to give you that accolade, which then you're being put into the conversation for GOAT when, you know, sometimes maybe you make a bad throw and the guy makes one hell of a catch. But you still get credit for that touchdown. But no one looks at that. We'll get into the GOAT thing in some other episode. But Brady's the closest thing that you're going to have to it, I feel. He leads in a lot of st- statistical categories. Why is that such a hard word for me to say? So, just saying. 
cements his legacy. He's going to go down as probably the greatest of all time, but I don't think there is such a thing in a team sport. All right. Speaking of, well, a potential greatest of all time, Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods made some noise this past year, and it was not for the right reasons. As he got involved into another car accident, obviously remember the whole cheating scandal, whatnot, way back in the day, and he's never been the same Tiger since. This time, he was supposedly speeding and got into an accident. Um, you don't really know much about it. Uh, they kept the details of his accident pretty private and didn't release much information other than he did have fractures in his tibia and his fibula, which has now made him go part-time. He's pretty much just told everyone he cannot do it anymore. He physically just cannot play golf. So he's playing golf part-time and kind of picking and choosing where he goes. Um, he actually just had a tournament with his son, Charlie, um, which, by the way, Charlie looks like an amazing golfer already. So that'll be fun to watch him grow up and take over the golf world. But, yeah, Tiger just did not look the same. You can tell he's hurting. He just he does not have the same gusto that he used to have, which he kind of lost that after his whole cheating scandal thing. He was never the same. Um, so it was very, very fantastic. To be able to see Tiger in his heyday, I got to watch it. I'll never forget actually sitting down and watching him do that playoff against Rocco Mediate. Phenomenal. So, Tiger, it was great seeing you. Hopefully, you can stick around for many more years to come by doing this part-time. If not, Charlie will carry on your legacy. All right, so for the first time in 25 years, the Braves win the World Series. And, well, now the MLB is in a lockout. And it's their first lockout since 1994. So they've almost went 30 years without a lockout. So, as we've seen in NBA, NFL, and NHL, lockouts suck. And it's probably going to delay the start of the 2022 season. So we'll end up with a shortened season. And you're going to probably get the Cleveland Guardians, who haven't won a World Series in how many years, will win this one. And you'll have a little asterisk next to it being like, shortened season, so it doesn't count. Cool. Which... That's probably what's going to happen. <laughs> Speaking of not winning a title in a long time, Milwaukee Bucks finally win an NBA title. Giannis Antetokounmpo leads them to their first title in 50 years. And now all of the Antetokounmpo brothers have a title. So that's a very interesting you know, st statistic. Why is that word so hard? Man. Tampa Bay Lightning repeat as Stanley Cup champs. Go Tampa Bay. And I actually don't know how they're doing this year. Um, I wonder if they can go for a three-peat. That'd be pretty sweet. I wonder if it's ever been done in hockey. I'll have to look that stat up later. I'll get back to you guys. Maybe. Coach Mike Krzyzewski says he is done after 42 years and holding a record for the most wins of all time. Currently at 1,178. He is calling it quits, and he said he is done coaching. He's giving up his coaching seat of Team USA to Steve Kerr, I believe, is taking over. And he is just done with coaching. And it was been an honor, same as Tiger Woods. It's been an honor to be able to watch him in his heyday of coaching and watch this guy break records. And watching how rare it is for Coach K to break the all-time wins record, I wonder if in my lifetime I will ever get to see anyone break Coach K's record. Because I honestly don't know who active right now is the closest to him and if so are they gonna be able to keep it going because coach k 42 years coaching you just do not see that anymore and i believe if i'm not mistaken it's all been with duke so not only is it a long tenure as a coach but a long tenure with one organization so coach k it's been great to see 
can't wait to see what all kind of tributes everyone has for you here at the end of the year. And he's actually got Duke sitting at number two, I believe. I believe they're the number two team in the country right now for college basketball. So Duke doing good as always. Speaking of college, college athletes can now make money off their name and image. I know this is a big, big deal, big story. Uh, there was the whole Reggie Bush kind of put in agreement and said that he wanted his Heisman back. And, you know, he thought because of all this that all the stuff with him and USC should be negated, which the NCAA eventually just told him, no, we're going we're gonna to keep your Heisman and you don't get it back. But people going forward now can make money off their name and image and whatnot, which is, I think, is absolutely fantastic. Because a lot of these guys come from um, less financially stable environments or, you know, potentially uh, childhoods of poverty, and they rely on those scholarships to be able to, you know, go to school. But if they are coming from somewhere where they're not as financially stable, all the extra stuff outside of that, you know, potential transportation if you don't live on campus, um, I, I don't know if books are part of scholarship or not, uh, but like groceries, you know, being able to wash your clothes, do all this other different stuff, that that's all essentially out of pocket, which if they're coming from less, you know, they're, they're coming from more financial hardships, they're not going to have that extra money. So now this will help provide something for that. If they're a really good athlete, maybe they can get some extra incentives, they can get some extra cash, so they can do some more stuff. You're going to see athletes end up wasting it away. You're going to have athletes that are using the money that they're making off of, like, you know, the Wheaties box sponsorship, and they're going to they're gonna go to the bar and get drunk and get DUIs, and you're going to have all these different issues. But it is nice to see that some of these people will be able to make money off their name and their image and you never know if, if for some reason sports doesn't work out but you made money off your name and image throughout you know your sports career you have maybe a little something to sit on while you go and you try and figure out where your career is going to go with the study that you majored in so college athletes can make money now fantastic move Aaron Rodgers oh boy had his whole drama and all his stuff about him not being happy with the front office and management and the team and the Packers and he wants out. He's threatened retirement and blah, 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 blah. And then all of a sudden, just right before the season starts, he's like, oh, you know what? Water under the bridge. Give me that contract. Let me sign that contract here. And oh, yeah, I'm going to put us as the number one team in the NFC. How, how does that happen? You go from all the drama about how you just want out, you're not happy with management. I don't think anyone from the Packers left or was fired or anything like that. So I don't know how who he was upset with or how he worked it out with them. But somehow they did right in the nick of time to the point where the season started. And bam, he had one bad game in the very first game of the season. And then from there on, he's been cruising and doing normal Aaron Rodgers things. And now has a potentially chance, a potentially chance, a potential chance to win another Super Bowl, which, by the way, there's a bunch of Cleveland Browns fans out there who are all like, hey, let's go get Aaron Rodgers, let's give up Baker Mayfield a bunch of stuff, shut the hell up, that's not happening, why in the world would Green Bay give up Aaron Rodgers, well, maybe he's under contract, he can leave on his own, but still, why would Aaron Rodgers want to come to Cleveland and start over and have to try and teach these guys how to win when he's already got that over there in Green Bay? And if he doesn't have the, cho the choice to leave, why would Green Bay give him up? You're living in a huge fantasy world. Go create a more realistic scenario in your head. Simone Biles decided to take time away 
from gymnastics for her mental health. Obviously, she was competing in events, and she decided she didn't want to do some of these events, and she was taking time away for her mental health to focus on her mental health. Now, I'll say this right now, and if I lose viewership, I don't care. If you were one of the people that criticized Simone Biles for taking time to you know, focus on her mental health, then fuck you people and stop listening to my podcast. I want no associations with you whatsoever. Mental health is just as important as physical health, if not more important. I'm sure anyone who wants to criticize has had a moment where they've had too much stuff just going on in their mind. This may not be the best, you know, comparison, analogy, whatever you want to call it. But let's just say that you had your grandmother pass away. And then a day later, some some shit happens at work and you're getting absolutely your ass reamed out by your boss. And then all of a sudden, your car breaks down. Now you got a big car, like, bill that you have to, like, repair bill that you have to deal with. So you have, like, three different big main things just jumping around in your head. You know, maybe you and the husband are arguing and you're about to potentially get divorced. You have all this different stuff popping around your head. You don't have all these people coming around. Basically just telling you to suck it up and deal with it and whatnot. You're left to yourself to figure it all out, get yourself cleared and ready to go and carry on with life. So why is Simone Biles not allowed to do that? Don't know. For some reason, people wanted to jump all over her and tell her that she was in the wrong and she shouldn't be doing that. Which, like I said, I say F you. You people just need to go and focus on your own lives. Don't worry about her. Simone Biles takes as much time as you possibly need. She did end up competing in balance beam and got third place. So still meddled. But mental health will always be a number one. And I feel like anyone who thinks that mental health is not as important or is not like one of the most important things, you just, you're not in reality right now. So that's my stand on that. Alrighty, Texas and Oklahoma are moving to the SEC. Yes, you're you're taking a Big Twelve championship, uh, pretty much a given Big Twelve championship, because it was pretty much between those two teams every year. Maybe once in a while, another team would you know pop up and just be like, "Hey, we're we're really good." Like Texas A&M would be like, "Hey, we're a pretty good team. We want to battle for that Big Twelve title." Is but it pretty much ended up always being Oklahoma or Texas, and now you're taking essentially given to you Big 12 titles and you're saying we don't want those we want to go challenge the SEC we want to leave these titles and go into the strongest conference arguably the strongest they are the strongest conference in all of college football and struggle throughout the season rather than just have championships if you want the challenge and that's what you're going for here, then go for it. But I just I don't see why you would ever want to go and fight. It Maybe money-based, but they both pulled in the most money in the Big 12. So you guys were still pulling in plenty of money. So it's I'm kind of at a loss. It has to be money-related. Um, but I'll tell you what. Them doing this was enough to scare Lincoln Riley away. Because Lincoln Riley was, I remember he was actually asked if he was going to take the LSU job. And he like sternly told reporters and everybody there, I'm not taking the LSU job. And then what happened like a few days later, he's like, yeah, I'm leaving for USC. So see you guys later. And uh, Brian Kelly kind of did the same thing. 
he didn't say he wasn't taking a job, but Brian Kelly just kind of announced, you know, hey, I'm leaving Notre Dame after 12 years, and right before our big bowl game, I'm going to take that LSU job, which you asked me personally, I think Brian Kelly made a big mistake. Maybe Lincoln Riley did okay. But Brian Kelly leaving Notre Dame for LSU, I think Notre Dame is more prestigious than LSU is. So he left clearly for money. Lincoln Riley, you left for money as well. Texas and Oklahoma, Texas and Oklahoma moving to SEC, it's probably for money. It's all money, which is why it's cool that college athletes can now make money. Step in the right direction, you know, NCAA. You still got a lot of flaws, but you always got something right. But Lincoln Riley leaving for USC, clearly he didn't want to take the LSU job because then with that be putting him in the SEC, which means he's got to battle other SEC teams, and he already probably knew he wasn't going to do good, and he knew that Oklahoma was coming into the SEC in a few years, uh, 2025. So he's like, you know what? I'm just done with all that. I'm going to go over and I'm going to go to USC and join the Pac-12, which if they end up becoming really good, you can end up facing some SEC teams or potentially Oklahoma in a college football playoff, which... Him versus Oklahoma, it, it eventually is going to happen, whether it's regular season or college football playoff, and that's going to be fun to watch. Either him go back to Oklahoma or just watch Oklahoma versus him because you have commits that go to Oklahoma probably because of him. He went to recruits' houses, I'm sure, and sat down with the families for hours and talked to them and was promising all kinds of things, I'm sure, to get them to come to Oklahoma. And now he's just like, bye-bye. See you guys later. And you're getting all these decommits. You're getting all these people decommitting. You get people entering the transfer portal. And it is, oh, it's all over the place. I remember Heisman frontrunner at the beginning of the year, Spencer Rattler for Oklahoma. He entered the transfer portal. And I believe he's going to South Carolina now. Um, I think the, who ended up being the backup at Oklahoma, I think he's entering the transfer portal. Transfer, holy cow, I cannot talk. Transfer portal. I'm trying to combine both words into one. But he says that uh, staying at Oklahoma is definitely a possibility. But he's looking to potentially transfer. Just nobody wants to play. You don't know who the head coach is going to be. And nobody wants to play for you. And they all know that Oklahoma, which Oklahoma did okay this year. But nobody wants to go there. They all want to leave. Because they know that they're going to go into the SEC and they're going to get their ass handed to them. Plain and simple. All right. And that kind of wraps it up here, guys. There actually is one more thing that I wanted to touch on, but it's kind of a sensitive subject. Well, not so much sensitive, but it's it's uh, Jake Paul. So if you don't want to hear about Jake Paul, which I know a lot of people probably don't, I will end it right now. Thank you guys so much for watching. Don't forget to check out the podcast website, highjudgmentpodcast.com. You can listen to all the episodes there. There's all the social media links on the homepage. There's a link to the store where you guys can get merch. And there's also bonus content on there. There's also an interactive section where you guys can go in and hit questions, comments, concerns, whatever. Criticisms. Criticize it. Tell me how you feel about some of the stories that happen here. Hit me up. Also, big shout out to Horsin' Around. It is podcast of the month on the network that we are part of, the Deluxe Edition Network. Head over to theden.show to check out all the podcasts that are on our network. But Horsin' Around, podcast of the month. Way to go, Horsin' Around. Horsey boys. You guys do a great job. Alrighty. So, if you're still with me, let's talk some Jake Paul. Jake Paul, obviously, in the year 2021, had two fights, both against the same person, Tyron Woodley. First fight was actually extremely, extremely, well, both fights were actually kind of entertaining. But, first one was, went full distance, uh, 10, 10 rounds? 8 rounds. Went the full 8 rounds. And it ended up having a decision... 
with Jake Paul being the victor. But then he was going to fight Tommy Fury, and then Tommy Fury, due to injury, backed out at the last second, and Tyron Woodley was like, fuck it, I'm ready, let's go. Jake Paul, Tyron Woodley too. Which proceeded to go six rounds before Jake Paul knocked out Tyron Woodley. Now, everyone who wants to walk around and say that that fight was rigged, I cannot argue enough with you. <laughs> I don't say all of the points people are saying. People are saying Jake Paul was in his stance and he twists his wrist and whatnot, and that's the signal to knock him out. He's a boxer. They're boxing. His his feet are constantly moving. His hands are constantly moving. That's like that's like doing the UFC fight where McGregor knocked out Aldo and just be like, look, his, his, his pinky toe moved. That's the signal. That's the signal. Steal second base. That's 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 the uh, no. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. And even more so, like, why? If it's rigged, why is it rigged? Why? Why are you rigging? That doesn't make any sense whatsoever. I think it was a clean, clean fight, not rigged. The way I see it is Jake Paul actually does have, which everyone's going to hate me for this, actually does have boxing skills. What he does, he has a nice right hook. He has a nice jab. And every time he jabbed, Woodley would go to try and block it. And you see it. If you see the right angle, because everyone shows it from behind Woodley. If you show the very front, he fake jabs into the abdomen. Woodley, you know, bites and he drops down and lowers his guard. Jake Paul comes across with a right hook, knocks him out. I think it's a clean knockout. I don't know what everyone is talking about. I can't see it as rigged. There's literally no reason to rig it. Why? So that in a contract, Tyron Woodley can make some money? Like, what the fuck? Like, oh, it's, it just sounds so stupid. Any sports thing just sounds rigged. There's, you know, there's missed calls that happen. I understand. But rigged, it's, it's flip it. Tyron Woodley knocks out Jake Paul. And all the Jake Paul fans say it's rigged. As a Tyron Woodley fan, are you going to be like, oh, yeah, you're probably, no, you're going to argue that it's not rigged. So it's not rigged. It's just the people who didn't want Jake Paul to win, which is like 90% of America, or in the world probably, are just unhappy that Woodley lost. So how do they make themselves feel better? Ugh, had to have been rigged. Listen, I'm not a Jake Paul fan. I don't really like the guy. I think he's pompous, ostentatious. He's just you know, a kid who's gotten huge fame and is soaking it all up. And he just knows how to push people's buttons because that's what makes him money. And he uses that to his advantage. And he just likes to fuck with people. I'm not a fan of him, but I can't sit here and have a sports podcast and sit here and be like, oh, yep, it's rigged. No, I think they're legitimate fights. I think what he's doing is legitimate fighting and well to an extent and he deserves all the wins that he has he's 5-0 and in his boxing career um I do want to see him actually fight a real boxer I think he is taking the easier road you know with like Ben Askren and Tyron Woodley now Tyron Woodley was a UFC fighter I think Ben Askren was too but Ben Askren was like old and out of shape Tyron Woodley was in the best shape of any of the fighters he's uh, Jake Paul has faced but you're also taking a UFC fighter and you're getting rid of 75% of his training. He can't do takedowns. He can't, he can't grapple. He can't, uh, he can't kick. He can't. So you're taking this guy and boxing is, I feel like, a minuscule part of like MMA training. So it's like you're taking, like I said, 75% of his training and you're telling him he can't do that and he can only do this. And not to mention he is old and retired. So... What I want to see him do is I want to see him fight someone like Canelo, which I always said, call out Canelo. I see you call out Gervonta Davis. Uh, someone at some point mentioned Adrian Broner. Like, fight a real boxer, someone who's actually boxing, boxing, not 
somebody who can't do most of his training and he can only do little tiny bits of it. Which he actually supposedly did. Uh, there was a tweet that he got sent out and said, I hope you're staying in shape. And he added Canelo, or tagged Canelo in it. So it's like, hey, careful what you wish for there, buddy. Because <laughs> I, I think if Jake Paul faced Canelo, Canelo would destroy him. I know he's got this whole big thing he's going on with Dana White right now. And he's talking about, oh, he wants UFC fighters paid. And he said he'll sign a one-fight deal with Jorge Masvidal, which, um, what does that fight deal you know, entail? Is it a fight deal, like a boxing match against Masvidal? Well, of course, and then it's the same thing. You're taking someone who's kind of somewhat mediocre and a little bit washed, and you're not allowing him to do a majority of his training. And you're going to box him. Or are you stepping into UFC and you're taking on Masvidal? Which, if that's the case, I'm all for that. And I want to see that happen. Because punches to the face are nothing compared to a UFC fighter's kick to your jaw. Because that is not... He's going to... Like Holly Holm did to Ronda Rousey. Masvidal is going to get one of those right up into his, right underneath his jaw. I just punched my jaw, by the way, when I did that. I didn't mean to. <laughs> Jake Paul is going to fall, and it's going to be the end of that. And stories are going to come out. He's got a broken jaw. He'll never fight again. And it's like, well, a lot of people just got what they wanted. <laughs> they want to see Jake Paul knocked out. So he mentioned other names. He name-dropped a couple other people. He said Diaz. He said McGregor, um, both of which are in the same category, I think, as Masvidal. If you went into UFC and fought them, you would still get your ass handed to you. If you forced them to box, that's a bit different. You might stand a chance. Uh, he mentioned Usman as well, which that's the last guy I would ever go after. Uh, Usman is an absolute animal, and it is tough to see him try and win that one. <laughs> but if he's sticking in the world of boxing and he just wants to box people, go box an actual boxer. Go sign a deal with Javante Davis. Go sign a deal with Adrian Boner. Go. He won't fight Ryan Garcia because um, he's friends with Ryan Garcia. Uh, go fight Canelo. You know, go fight somebody super relevant who's an actual boxer boxer. I'm, I'm, I know Tommy Fury was kind of a boxer, but I don't know what his boxing record was. Or maybe he just trains with Tyson Fury, you know, and that's why he has, like, some boxing knowledge. But it's, it seems he's picking his fights to ones where he can have the advantage and potentially win. And it's like, go fight a real boxer. Or if you're going to go call out a UFC fighter, go into UFC. Don't take a UFC fighter and tell him to drop 75% of what he's trained for and only box. Because then you're, you're just giving yourself the handicap at that point. You're like, hey, you're not allowed to do this. It's like me playing LeBron James, but telling LeBron James he's got to use one hand. I'd still lose, but it's <laughs> not the point. All right. That wraps up the Jake Paul segment. If you guys stuck with me, thank you so much. Like I said, I'm not a Jake Paul fan. I would love to see him get knocked out and get put into his place. He'd probably just take it lightly. He'd be like, hey, I got knocked out, but it was fun, right? I made a bunch of money. Same thing as Conor McGregor. You think Conor McGregor cared that he lost to Floyd Mayweather? No, Conor McGregor made $500 million or whatever it was off that fight. Yeah, you want me? I'll, I'll go fight somebody. I'll take a punch from... Floyd Mayweather, if you want to pay me $25 million, bring it on. One round, me versus him. Some inexperienced guy just wailing like crazy versus Floyd Mayweather. I'll do it. So, I'm not the biggest fan of Jake Paul, um, but I do think he does box fairly well. He, he does it. He's a decent boxer. Um, would love to see him get knocked out, get put into his place. Like I said, he'll probably just take it super lightly is what it is he's not the greatest thing to happen to boxing like he says he is that's that's a bit much jake but you're not bad for a fighter you're not bad as a fighter 
So, but go fight somebody for real. Like a real fight. I want to see that. Okay, guys, that wraps up the episode. Hope you enjoyed the recap. Like I said earlier, check out the podcast website, highjudgmentpodcast.com. Tons of stuff there. Also, theden.show, podcast of the month, horsing around. Horsey boys are hilarious. I love listening to those guys. All right, that is it for me. I am out of here. Have yourselves a great day, and hope you have a great 2022. I'll see you in the next episode. Our podcasts exist because of listeners like you. To find other great shows, head over to the den.show. Thanks for listening.